Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Three gold margin lubrication, four gold margin circumcision, five gold margin baptism, six gold margin sacrifice, seven gold margin nuked, eight gold is a persecution, <laughs> nine gold margin is a resurrection, ten gold margin is a reincarnation. So what's on the agenda, man? We don't have an agenda, man. We're just going to talk. So I pressed the record button, so let's so, do this. So basically, Batswai is, 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 is leaving. He's basically been slandered. Do you know how much of, an, of a slap it is where a striker gets injured and a coach would rather play a false nine with William than puts you on? That's it. <laughs> this is the Talking Tactics Podcast. I'm Daniel Taluk. I'm your boy, Double H. Uh, we do this every Tuesday. Carl is on a trip. I won't put his details out in the world, but he's not going to be here this week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes as well. Give us a like on Facebook. Carl runs that. I'm not really sure how that's going to work for the next few weeks, but we'll see. Um, you can leave us an iTunes review or Apple Podcast review, I should say. The link is in the description, how you can do that in the easiest way possible. We did get a few iTunes reviews. This one's from the UK from, I guess this guy just didn't feel like putting in his name. So it was just a bunch of letters, um, a five-star view. He says, keep it up. I enjoy listening to the podcast. Please continue delivering. So we will. Um, This one's from the States from a guy called JRMO155. Five-star review. It's a fire emoji, not necessarily a title. And it says, most fire football podcast. Keep it up, fams. (laughs) <laughs> so we will so yeah thank thank you guys for your for your reviews um again the link is in the description if you want to do that please please do if you're on android as as half hope says you can follow on soundcloud and share the podcast if you can the way we grow is through word of mouth for people helping us out tweeting you know, it on their on their feed and man. just press share man please i beg you i beg <laughs> I'm laughing because I know your your mouth is full of food. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so I've, I've I've got stuff to talk about, man. Let's 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 get stuck, and I've got stuff to talk about. 
Oh no, let's let's go. Let's ride. Um, Bashuai, is is that where we're starting, man? Yep. Okay. Two things. First thing, this is going to be between City and United. It's a fact. I don't. I, I couldn't give a damn about Tottenham. I don't care about Hurricane. He's still not world class until he scores against Real Madrid. Arsenal. We all know what's happening there. Klopp is having a laugh. I think that's one win in seven games. And for for Chelsea, look, man. The fact is this. And actually, I actually wrote an article about this earlier today, and I'll, I'll, I'll post it up. Baswai doesn't work well as a lone striker. Baswai needs to work on his ball con control. Baswai sometimes can't really connect with the other, other players. But even if he plays badly in a game, he'll still score. And the bottom line of a striker is, can he put the ball in the net? It's not about, can he link play? Can he pass well? Can you make other players better? Is Can he put the ball in the net? That's what, that's what your job title is. And most times or not, even if he's quite a game where he plays badly, he still puts the ball in the net. So to opt for William and play a false nine against a team who are out-possessing you, where you, you, literally, you literally, the only thing you can do against them is have a counter-attack, hit it to the wing, and just cross the ball into the box. It's madness. Like, tactically, it makes no sense to not go with Batswai. Do you think Kante just hates Michi? Is... <laughs> no, for me, I think it's a... Basically, there's a, there's a defense of Conte. Batswai doesn't work well. Morata plays far better within the Chelsea players and in that system than Batswai does. But what Conte doesn't get is that he puts Batswai on. He'll lose the ball. He'll look awkward. He will dribble when he doesn't have to dribble. He'll get dispossessed. But he'll just be the right place at the right time and just put the ball in the net. And who knows? You will walk away with a 1 1 draw. And that's what matters. That's what a striker is there for. Strikers aren't there to look good and dribble and control. He's there to put the ball in the net. Mm. The reason I've, I feel as if it seems as if Kante hates Michi is because he's a young player. I think his birthday was today. I think he turned 24. I, I think last season, Kante had this, this incessant kind of Bashawai isn't ready for the Premier League. Um, he needs to adapt to the Premier League. And he kind of shrouded or clouded his his reasoning in Bashawai's development. I say development in air quotes, like the guy who is starting 30-odd games for, for Marseille needs an adapting period to the Premier League. Neither here nor there. Point being, now it seems as if it's been proven, at least even last season, like Mitchie scored the goal that, that won Chelsea the Premier League at, at West Brom. He had other like key um, assists and goals and linking with Costa at the beginning of the season, for instance. Um, it's kind of been proven that Bashawai is a goal getter, as you say. If you put him in the game, he'll get goals. It's kind of what he does. I, I wouldn't want to call him a poacher as such, but he definitely knows where the goal is and how to put the ball in the net. He scored a hat trick against Nottingham Forest. He scored against Carrier Bag. He scored the winner against Atletico. So in his last four or five games, he's scored a goal. Or his, his his last three Chelsea appearances, he would have scored five goals. So this idea that Mitchie needs to adapt to Conte's style of football, I think, is a nonsense, really. But why I feel like he goes with Willian and goes with Pedro. If you remember, there was a portion last season where Diego Costa was injured, and, mm. and Conte opted to play Pedro, Willian, Hazard in the in the three. He he didn't play Bashawai. I'm trying to think the exact conversation we had. I told you he'd rather not piss off Willian or Pedro. So he decides I'm going to play them both. And I'd rather piss off the young guy, right? Because I can say he needs experience X, Y, Z, but 
Willie and Pedro, they deserve to be playing based on their form at the time. And I'd rather just play those three, Hazard, Willie, and Pedro, instead of playing Bashawai, and I'll just deal with the consequences if there are consequences of Bashawai's mood. And plus, Bashawai seems like a player who isn't really that fussed with playing or not. I, I don't know if you get that sense from his social media that he's just happy to be at Chelsea, he's happy to be a professional footballer, and he's happy to take whatever decision the manager does. Willing and Pedro seem a little bit more temperamental, and if they don't play, they probably knock on his door and say, hey, I want minutes, etc. I would say that William is maybe more like that than Pedro. I think Pedro seems like a chilled-out guy. Obviously, mm. he definitely wants to play because that's why he left Barcelona, but I think... Actually, you know what? Yeah, I think maybe, yeah. I think they would, they'd both be like, wait, look, I've done my dues and my years. You ain't playing some fetus or some <laughs> embryo ahead of me, so... Exactly. And when Bashwai signed, he was 22 years old. So... Kante could definitely use that excuse, it's especially when last season, Willian was decent, Pedro was decent. So a selection headache, like, oh, do I play Willian? Do I play Pedro? He can play both. This season, however, as, as I tell you about Bashawai's goal-scoring record, the boy's in form. He, he won you a game against Atletico Madrid. You would think that would give you some level of confidence in the young player that, yo, he can win me a game just if I, if I play him and I trust him. And if <laughs> this is called talking tactics, so if we want to talk a little bit of tactics. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's right. Eden Hazard is not a number nine or a false nine. We've, we've seen this repeated over and over and over again. The goal that comes to my mind that's kind of a perfect example of Eden Hazard is, and obviously, you know, <laughs> I basically have every moment of DDA Drugwood's career memorized. But there was a, a game against Tottenham in the season where Mourinho brought Drogba back in 2014-15, it was at Stamford Bridge. Hazard gives it to Drogba, and they basically play a 1-2 in the box. So Hazard gives it to Drogba, Drogba feeds Hazard with uh, one touch, and Hazard shoots at Lloris, it goes under him, and Chelsea beat Tottenham. That's, that's Hazard's deal. There, there are games, I think, like against Southampton or Sunderland, teams like that, where he can go on like amazing dribbles and and he can beat players. But against top teams, I feel like Hazard needs a focal point. You need to play mm. him with a Diego Costa. You need to play him with a Didier Drug. We need to play him with a Morata in order to get the best of him so he can find, okay, that's where I'm going to pass, and I'm, he's going to give it to me because he has footballing intelligence if you look at Costa or Morata or Drogba, et cetera. And I, then I can make a run off that and make something happen in, in behind. Man City were playing <laughs> a dangerously high line. And the reason it worked is because Chelsea couldn't get forward. The, the wingbacks were pushed back almost a flat five. I think Alonso was getting into space occasionally. But, but whenever the ball got to Conte or Bakayoko, they were looking for the focal point, and they couldn't find it. So you have to reach the focal point before you get to Hazard in some cases because you're just trying to get your team up the pitch. So if, if you're playing Willian <laughs> instead of Bashawai, Williams on the wing. He's trying to help close down Sterling. So, so you basically you only have Eden Hazard up there. I read a stat that Conte, Engolo uh, Conte rather, because I know it kind of sounds like Conte. Engolo um, Conte, he was dispossessed three times um, or four times, maybe the most of any player on the field. And that's because he looks up and he's trying to find an option, but Hazard's drifted. Williams behind him, so he has no one to pass it to except maybe Bakayoko or backwards. And that just helps Man City press. 
No, um, but, but, but I think the key thing is this, is that, again, you're completely on the money in what you're saying, but it's about players' mannerisms. Look, I'm a William fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge fan. But the way in which he plays, he plays like a winger. That's why whenever you mm. saw him with the ball, he was like, all right, who do I go to to give the ball up forward? Because there's no focal points every time he went back and you could see the crowd actually sort of getting frustrated because it's like, that's how he plays. William is a guy who's like, who do I give it to? Okay, I'm going to shift, drop my shoulder, then try and give it to someone. Drop my shoulder, play once so I can go out in, into the winger and try and get in a, a cross. But because it was so unbalanced, he couldn't do that. And the key thing here is this. If that was Mourinho, and Mourinho made the mistake of bringing on William, he would have subbed off William and brought him back. Why? Mm. He would have seen his mistakes. You know what? I made a mistake. I don't know about that. I, I, I feel as if M- Mourinho would have taken off a center back and put on Pedro and played Pedro, William, and Hazard together. Center back? They're, you're playing three and you can't get out. So you might as well take off a center back, go to 4 3 3. Can we, I mean, can we both agree that William was one of the worst players on the pitch? The tactics didn't help him, did they? Put that to one side. Whenever he had the ball, he was pretty much one of the worst players on, on the pitch. The amount of times he either got tackled, made a bad pass, lost the ball, went backwards. It was like, you know, I got frustrated. I was like, man, look, this is... Hence why I said that, look, if I was a manager, I was like, look, man, I messed up. Sorry, William, come because you, you don't take off Hazard. You know, like, Conte made so many bad moves. Basically, so you bring on William instead of Batshuayi, and then seeing that William isn't really popping off, you then decide to take off Hazard a guy who is a creator and who was actually still playing pretty well and trying stuff, but you take him off and you bring him back. Again, like, constantly just, it was just, it was a bad, 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 if, practically just bad. If I can accept your mistake that bringing on William was a mistake, he compounded it because bringing on William in the first place is why he had to take off Hazard because he wouldn't want to sub the sub and he didn't want to take off Fabregas because Fabregas can find the balls at, uh, in behind, no, but that is, that's why I brought in Mourinho because Mourinho did that in a game. I think it was actually, I think he did that with like Matic or something where yeah. he brought in a guy, he was playing so badly, he then subbed him off. <laughs> I just felt that for Conte, does did he know that he messed up? Because I think we should definitely talk about Man City and Gordilla and why they are and, and what the hell they're doing and the problem. But just last thing on Chelsea, does Conte know that he effed up or is he still like, you know what, hey man. Because again, because I saw his press conference and he said, "You know what? I'm still proud of my my boys, and I think we we fought very hard and fought very well." That's not what you want to say. What you really want to say in public is like, you know what? Um, it wasn't our, our best day. We 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 didn't we didn't perform well to a high level. We just have to think about our next game. But secretly behind doors, he must be like, "Guys, you f***ed up," and I f***ed up. We all f***ed up. <laughs> but that's in private. But in public, it's like, you shouldn't be saying, oh, no, I'm proud of my, my boys. My... And you can't blame it on tiredness, man. I'm sorry. Like, what? So, okay, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way till late afternoon. Come on. That's enough time to recuperate. It might be enough time to, to recuperate, but is that enough time to come up with a game plan to stop Manchester City? I don't know. You know that, like, look, on the last Saturday, last weekend, they would have been studying Atletico and Man City. Trust me, even when I did my did thing with the 100% Chelsea guys, they were actually talking about the Man City game as we're previewing the Atletico game. So trust me, they would have they would have or should have been planning on, okay, what 
do we do against Man City and how do we recuperate knowing that we have that they're going to have a day extra than, than us? You should have been doing the club. You're a professional elite club. You should be thinking five, six, seven steps ahead. So as soon as the Atletico game is, is done, you should already have a plan that was done a week ago of how are, you, are we not going to approach this Man City game. Then why does it feel like they just copied and pasted the Atletico game plan onto Manchester City? Again, it goes back to Conte. Conte, in his mind, maybe Nanaevi says, hey, look, look at how well we did against Atletico. And I was saying this in my preview that you can't approach it the same way as the Atletico game because Atletico are not an attacking team. They can't counter-attack. They don't have speedy players. They're not fast. So that approach you have for them cannot be the same approach you have for Man City, who are very good at keeping the ball. They've got very quick, quick players in Sterling, Sane, and De Bruyne. And they're far more attacking and far more adventurous than Atletico. So it would make no sense in like, okay, let's just play the exact same way as we did. The correct tactic, which is what Chelsea did against Atletico, is that you have to go and attack them. But against Man City, knowing how Guardiola's teams are so far up and they're so light at the back because they, they want so many bodies in the attacking area, so the guy with the ball has about three or four options. You know that as soon as you, 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 you get the ball, that midfielder has, has got to hit that guy on the wing because you know that a counter-attack played very quickly and direct will, will mess them up because they, are, because they play so far up. That mm. has to be the, the um, tactic. And it was, I think if Morata had stayed on, it would have been interesting because he's got this, the strength. He could deal with the pressing and the pressure and City getting tight to him, which is what he was doing. He was holding the ball up, boom, pop off, hit that pass. Because you need a guy to, hence why I said you needed some presence in there. But let's talk about Guardiola. And City. Look, man, these guys, I mean, look. They didn't play that well. Yes and no. We, yes we, and no. we just had a huge yes. conversation about how Chelsea played right into their hands. I mean, Chelsea were basically like, here you go, have the ball. And th- their players are just so good. You have Jesus, you have Sterling, Sané, De Bruyne especially, Silva, Silva. If you give them enough half chances... Eventually, they're going to take one. I mean, De Bruyne's goal was amazing, but it wasn't some elegant, you know, 30, 40 pass move. It was basically the goalkeeper, maybe Otamendi, De Bruyne, Jesus De Bruyne. Like, it wasn't some complicated, fashioned move, you know? It was just a, an accumulation of half chances because Chelsea were just so inept offensively that they just like, here, Manchester City, have the ball. It, it almost felt like Conte was trying to nil-nil them, and you can't do that. Can't do it against Burnley, probably. I don't know why you're trying to do it against Manchester City. So this this whole narrative, oh, oh, Manchester City were great. Ah, their pressing was fantastic. Their setup was fantastic. In the sense of what they did was so great is that to go to Stamford Bridge and to completely dominate and dominate and control the the, the game. That's what was so impressive. They, they 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 literally went to Stamford Bridge and like you know what we'll decide what the pace and the tempo of of the game is. And Chelsea. Pretty much for most of the 90 minutes, Chelsea were never in the game. But that's Chelsea's fault, like, really. You, 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 right? like, when Morata was on the pitch, it was okay. When, when Morata was on, I could see Chelsea scoring and just messing up John Stones or Otamendi. I could see that happening. But once he came off, City, they just completely dominated possession. And yeah, Chelsea played into their hands. Mm. But still got to give it up, man. You know, I mean, they just. It was a good performance, I thought, from Guardiola, especially. Their pressing was fantastic. Chelsea really didn't have a second. Fabregas didn't have that much time to look for passes in behind. But yeah, it was just. 
I, I just looked at it as like, you know, Conte out tactic to himself. He outsmarted himself. Um, he was like, I'm I'm gonna play Willian and Hazard and maybe they'll find space in behind, but you need time for your midfielders and they can't give it to you. And also I, I thought, I mean, he this this isn't a big thought, but in the in the times that Fabregas or Conte or Alonso or Aspilicueta tried to find the space in behind and it looked like there were dangerous opportunities. The positioning of Edison was fantastic. I, I can think of maybe two or three times where he just sweeped everything. It's, and you, you can kind of tell <laughs> because you, there's just this green thing that comes off the side of the television. You're like, what, what is that? Oh, it's Edison. You know, <laughs> and it is kind of, and you can almost kind of see why he puts himself in, in harm's way, but as what happened with Mane, but, but when he does what he's supposed to do and it, and it comes off well, that's a very important quality um, because the space that Manchester City left him behind, you'd think a player like Fabregas, who Pep even said is the best player who sees forward movement and then puts the ball over the top, um, mm. you, you, you would think that he would at least find one chance of that. Just wait, let's, let's, let's talk about City, man. Are they going to win the league? Are they... It's either going to be them or, or, or United, man. Let's 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 be, be, be real here. Well, it's Chelsea aren't going to win the league, I don't think. Liverpool aren't going to win the league. Do I bring up Arsenal? Well. <laughs> Do I dare? You know, Tottenham might might. I'm, that's not saying will. Um, I think they're probably the third best to win the league. Maybe I just think their starting eleven is is the best. And you know, I, I was listening to somebody, and they were like, "Do you think the title is going to come?" from Manchester or London. Um, we need to see Manchester United against better opposition. They haven't played anyone. They played Everton. That's it. So I'm not exactly sure how I'm meant to see a 4-0 against Crystal Palace. You want to, you want to criticize Crystal Palace? Is that, is that what, what, what you're going to do now? Is that seven games with no goals and no points? What am I meant to do? Show some love. <laughs> <laughs> they need care packages. They need... Uh, <laughs> they need Jesus. They need God, really. Um, the, the divine intervention, man. Yeah. What? What's a four nil? A four. A four nil is a circumcision. <laughs> so, 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 so basically, a okay, three goal margin lubrication, four goal margin circumcision, five goal margin baptism, six goal margin sacrifice, seven goal margin nuked, eight goal is, is a persecution. <laughs> Nine goal margin is a resurrection. Ten goal margin is a reincarnation. Look, Man City are, are getting that ass, but it's it's still early. Worldly in in September, but the moments they are getting that ass. But we've seen this before, man. Yep, it's too early, but I'm still gonna go out on a limb and say City will win the league this season. But not dependent. I said this before the season started, but this isn't dependent on what they are doing currently right now. So. I just think that look, man, that attack is just pop, popping off, man. I think, and if they can get Gunahan fit, you know, like you know, I, you know, I'm actually always scared every time I see Gunahan like on a football pitch. Why you think he's just gonna break himself? Yeah, like literally, like if this guy just gets injured again, I'm like, bro, like, just take up Tilly Wings, man, or something. Because, <laughs> because I like me, because he won't have injuries in, in that sport, so. It's I don't know. It's just Gunnahan, Royce. They just can't get out of their own way, really. Um, ah, you said last season, or I guess we had conversations last season about City have only won the title from behind, right? They've they chased and then they've caught people. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't let that at the front. Remember, but that was was under Pellegrini, though. Do you think this Guardiola team can lead from the front? Yep. We know uh, Mourinho can. If Mourinho gets a lead by Christmas, odds oh, yeah, are you're, Manchester, you're screwed, yeah. Manchester United will win the league because he'll just go uber pragmatic, win one, two nil, two ones, whatever it is, get his points, and then coast. Wait, wait, quickly. Wait, what's your pick for the league? Is it is it Man City? What's your pick? I I had Manchester United. Oh, okay. You know I don't pick Chelsea to win anything. Actually, we got a question from Pac Mouse. He says, "Who do you think will start?" to tail off first, City or United. So he assumes someone will tail off. If I had to guess who tails off first... Probably United. Um, I mean, even though I picked them to win the league, if I'm looking at the teams, if United lose Lukaku, and then you're stuck with Ibrahimovic again, or their defenders are already kind of weak. They're playing Ashley Young at, at left back. Suppose De Gea goes, or... Wait, why, why was Ashley Young left back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> Only thing I think about uh, Ashley Young these days is when the bird in his mouth. <laughs> what? <laughs> you haven't when seen that... that video. You haven't seen the no. video where, where like uh, Ashley Young's like arguing a call and bird drops in his mouth. What? <laughs> <laughs> I will not see that video. And I'm not sure that I actually want to watch a video of bed landing in someone's mouth. So, wow. Look it up. I said that I don't want to watch a video with bed landing in someone's mouth. So, look, I just, I just ads, man. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I think about when I think about Ashley. Um, another question from Connor Walshy. Is Manchester City's poor defense a myth that keeps getting repeated? No, it's not. No, it is true because, the, and the fact is, this is that if you keep the ball for so long, your your defenders have to do any real defending. If City didn't, were not so good in possession, and Otamendi and Johnson had to do more defending, then you'll see how crap they are at, at, at defending. Mm, I was about to bring up the same point. So, like, th- the possession hides them yeah. in a way. Let's see if we have any other Premier League questions. Um. From Ali Xcore, Ali Connors, who's your Premier League Player of the Month for September? Kane or Lukaku? Wait, wait, wait sorry, this is September. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe if I read it like this, he asks, "Who's your Premier League Player of the Month for September? Kane or Lukaku?" <laughs> so, so maybe Kane or Lukaku are two options, not necessarily the choices. How many goals has Kane scored this month? Look, that guy's. <laughs> That guy's got a lot of G. I mean, you have to go with Kane. I mean, that guy's got a lot of G's, man. So yeah, go give it to Kane. He's still not world world class, but yeah. No, he's not. He has to let let let, let him do the engage to Real Madrid. Not yet. He's at the cusp. He's at the cusp, but no, he's, he's, he's not world class. No way. Not yet. Disagree that. This is from Vas for Life. How long will Barcelona's form last with their lack of depth? Um, if if Messi goes down injured, they are screwed. Simple as that. <laughs> so, yeah, Dembele's already gone. Yep. You, you're going to rely on Suarez and De La Feu. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Does Arda Turan still play football? Um, Who else do they have? He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sheep farmer now, I think. <laughs> um, 
from San Simon, where does Chiellini stand among central defenders in the world and among Italians historically? I'd say tier, tier two. So when, you, when you look at maybe tier one is like Baresi, Maldini, Nesta. Then I'll say he goes into tier, tier two. Be him, Costa Cota. Um, obviously, Cannavaro is tier one. So yeah, tier, tier two, just, just below the grades. Uh, where does he stand in central defenders in the world, like currently? Oh, no, he's one of the best. I'll, I'll put him top three. Top three. Center backs. So basically, yeah, Boateng, him, maybe Ramos. PK, no. <laughs> Eric um, Bailly is, is underrated, man. Bailly is definitely underrated. Bailly is not. Um, or the viral, again, he's top, top five. City don't have anyone. Arsenal oh, yeah, don't have anyone. Just chill. Uh, <laughs> um, PSG, Thiago Silva, maybe? No, he's not a top five defender, no. Um, Dortmund don't have anyone really. Humboldt, Boateng. No, no, no. Trust me, Boateng, Ramos, Kelini. Is there anyone else in Serie A? Milan? But Bonucci has sort of declined a bit. I mean, Koulibaly is right, but I wouldn't put him top top three. I put him maybe top seven, top eight. Yeah, Kelini's top five for sure. I mean, you could argue top four or three, I'm sure, if I wrote the names down. I think his more interesting part was like, which where does he rank in Italy center backs? Italy have produced the best defenders of all time. So, mm. tactically, <laughs> this is an interesting question. Um, although I know exactly who you're going to say. From Muneb313 underscore, tactically, who's the greatest manager of all time? Mourinho. <laughs> tactically, who are the great tactical managers? You know what? Is there a difference between being tactically great and being philosophically great? Or is that the same thing? No, 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 no. It's, it's not. They are different. Because I, I would say Guardiola, philosophically, is one of the greats. But is he tactical or is his idea of football just better? I messed up. No. Um, philosophy and tactics, it depends. Guardiola's, you get what I'm asking? No, 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 no. I don't know. Basically, Guardiola's philosophy is based on ta- tactics. Ancelotti's philosophy isn't based on tactics. That's the, the, the thing. Ah. Because Guardiola's philosophy is about intricate passing. And that intricate passing and positioning and spacing revolves around a lot of tactical setup. Ancelotti's philosophy is about man management and a laissez-faire approach and just allowing guys to express themselves. So that is a less tactical approach, you know, so. Okay, so I, I guess maybe to pinpoint what I mean in those kind of five seconds and taking off your point. What, what I mean is I feel as if Mourinho tactically adjusts to his opponent, right? I feel like Guardiola, his philosophy doesn't care who he's playing. He could play against Chelsea, he's going to play one way. He could play against Real Madrid, he's going to play that same way. He could play against Bournemouth, he's going to play that same way. He could play against mm. Bayern Munich, same way. Hoffenheim, same way. Whereas Mourinho tactically would adjust his team to the opponent. So Bournemouth, we're going to be a little bit more on the front foot. We're going to try to play a little bit more um, expansive. We play against Chelsea, we might sit back in the counterattack a bit. We play against Real Madrid, we're going to park the bus and try to spring a counterattack with Martial or whomever, if he plays, Rashford will say. So I feel like Mourinho tactically maneuvers his teams differently than Guardiola, which, which is why I say Guardiola's philosophy is better, right? We say better. It works, right? 
But it's 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 almost as if Guardiola figured out his tactics ten years ago and is still using the same tactics no matter the opponent. Whereas Mourinho will change depending on the person, or or I guess not not necessarily the person, but depending on the team he's playing against, which would make me feel as if he's probably a better tactician in that he wins in different styles. If you look, he has the goal scoring record at Real Madrid. Mm all that kind of stuff, but he's also, people see him as a pragmatist in the same way. Whereas Guardiola's philosophy is, I'm going to attack, we're going to keep possession, it's, it's going to and be what it is. And do you know why I put Mourinho over Pep in that instance? That's no. why Mourinho can win with an FC Porto and Guardiola can't. Guardiola needs particular players to play his way. If you're not a good passer of the ball, Guardiola would be able to be successful with you. Mourinho will say, okay, we have good attackers, I know how to approach. We have good passes. I know how to approach. We have physical, strong players. I know how to approach. So you can take whatever team is there and mold them and get them to win. Whatever it takes, it's like, this is what my team can do. And probably the best at that was probably Ferguson. But I'll still, I'll still put Mourinho in there. But for Guardiola, again, can Guardiola win with Scunthorpe? No. Until he wins with, with Scunthorpe, I'm sorry. Like, people can say, Pep, what Mourinho will always have over Pep is that Mourinho won a Champions League with FC Porto. <laughs> and you will always have that over, over Pep. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? You know it's it's almost like if if we kind of look at this a bit, I guess a little bit more broadly. If you look at Pep's or the, I guess the Barcelona philosophy in a, in large part comes from the Dutch. And if you look at Cruyff and his kind of fingerprints at Barcelona, Holland can play well when they have the the players to play well, if that makes sense. But as we see now, they're in a little bit of a lull in their generation. They can't play because they, they're still mentally attached to how football is meant to be played and the way football should look. But the players they have can't really execute the way that they think they need to and the, the way football should be played. So that's why, you know, they're missing Euros. And I don't know if they'll qualify for the World Cup as yet. But it's almost that theory where if, if you had a kind of different mentality in your nation, then maybe a different manager could come in and try to make you a little bit more resolute. But you feel as if you have to play this way. And it leads to taking L's. And I feel like if Guardiola went to, I don't know, Stoke. If he went to Stoke, you went, you went giving the players who, who are great passes of the ball, he's screwed. <laughs> old Stoke, old Stoke. I mean, he might be able to do something with a little like nah. Hesse and Shakiri, perhaps. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking players, Rory DeLapp, long throws. I'm talking Danny Higginbotham. I'm talking... Brian, Sh- oh, I guess Shawcross is still there, but you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. So, so basically, Bruni is better than, than Pep. So we, we are in agreement. <laughs> I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm, I'm always going to go. No, no, with no. Jose. Look, I cannot wait for Pep versus Mourinho. That's, those it's those also two games to are going to be amazing. I mean, my God, um, I, I can't. Um, any more questions before we get to Bayern? Um, Boris Mason asks, if you had a choice of managing any club in the world... Who would it be, and what would be the first thing you'd do? Um, I would. That's a good question, man. I would probably, I'd go China, and I'd buy a house. Well, I wasn't actually thinking in that sense. I was thinking in much more of a football sense. I mean, I would take over AC Milan. I would um, wait till January and bring back Carlos Baca. Try and, <laughs> try, and, try and get Douglas Costa off of um, Juventus. Maybe beg them or just use extortion ta- tactics. Get a um, Ericsson, still Ericsson from, from Spurs. Play a, an old school throwback 4 4 2. 
and I'll get that ass. Uh, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna go get my money. So if I can manage any club, I would go uh, Shanghai Shenhua, <laughs> and I'd get my three hundred thousand a week or whatever it is. Would and and then I'd probably kick out Carlos Tevez. Uh, but, oh whoa. You you wouldn't want to be like my assistant manager if I went to China. Oh yeah, no, no. If 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 I get a um, cut of that that, that check, hundred <laughs> percent. Because again, I wouldn't have to do anything. I'll just be sipping that money, man. Like I wouldn't give it. it, it <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't give a crap about the matches we we win or lose. Just <laughs> pay me. Uh, all right. From at Red Devilology, what's your opinion on Robin saying there's better training at my son's youth team than there was under Ancelotti? Damn. <laughs> that's cold man that's cold no i i heard a rumor that they wanted to train it's like ancelotti didn't train them enough which is odd it's like football what? is like no no we we want to train we wanted to to do more and he just he was stuck in his ways i guess basically that's basically the, the whole point is that there's so many different things here like ancelotti's philosophy again when we were talking about philosophies differently is that you know I trust you as the players, and I believe that you have the quality to go out and do what you need to. So my training is based off not overexciting yourself, but just pinpointing specific things you need to refine and giving you the freedom to do what you need to do. That's why Ancelotti won't be able to coach a Sconto or an Elche. Like, every team he's coached have had elite players. He coached Milan with Kaka and um, Shevchenko and Maldini. Chelsea when they had players, PSG when they had players, and now with them ban Munich. If you give them a team that have quality players, like wait a minute, you guys are quality. You should you should know how to ride. Do you think that that's, kind that's of the, that Guardiola tenure took out? We know what to do. That's what I say. Like if imagine this for three years, you've had hardcore training where you guys have been very meticulous. And from that, you go into like, hey, man, chill. <laughs> I mean, if, if you guys haven't already listened, we did a little, we, we did an emergency communication when Carlo got sacked. So go back and listen to that. You can hear our thoughts about the Bayern situation. And I think we talked a little bit, yeah, we did, about uh, Kaepernick and the NFL and all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that, go back and listen to it. What, what, there was something I wanted to talk about, but, ah, the um, Barcelona played behind closed doors. Did you see this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I mean, that's, to be honest, you know what? That's probably like an extra within it. That's an episode within itself because that's basically the, we, all we can do is just focus on the match because the whole Catalonia thing, because I have so much to say about that because. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Well, well no, Let's look, because it. I mean, then we'll, we'll be here for like half an hour. And like. Uh, no, no, we, we do... have, we have, I've scheduled like 20 minutes, so we can talk about that. Well, basically, what Spain are doing is just pretty messed up, you know, because, like, it's a case of where Barcelona, as we well know, like, they are part of Catalonia. Hence why whenever people say, okay, you know, we're going to Catalan country whenever you're playing um, Barcelona. And even sometimes I just say, you know, the Catalans, whenever you're saying for Barcelona. And so if people don't know, Guardiola is Catalan. Jabi is Catalan. Pique is Catalan. Sergio Biscuits is, is, is Catalan. So they, they are actually recognized as a rich within themselves and they actually have their own language. But during the Franco era, 
I think Franco was like a um, leader back in the seventies. He actually banned the Catalan language because basically the Catalan people have always wanted to pretty much form their own um, country, but Spain have stopped that because and, and when you look deeper, a lot of Spain's economy comes from that the Catalan region. Mm. And my whole thing is that these because basically these guys what happened on on the wee, wee weekend was that what they did is illegal. That's in they were, they were there was no legal ground for them to go and vote on a referendum, but Spain messed up in the fact of like let them vote if they they vote, you just say sorry we don't recognize your vote because your vote is illegal. So whatever the result is, just say well sorry you you you, you can't carry this on because it's it's illegal what you did. So you can you can easily by law dismiss their 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 votes. But by taking police in there and forcibly stopping them, those people who would have actually voted no to independence probably now will now vote, vote yes. Mm. <laughs> so you've actually just messed up what would have actually been a better situation for you if you had not, not done anything. Let them vote. If it's true that they actually voted for independence, which they probably wouldn't have, because I think most people were, were against it. So if they voted yes for independence. Just say sorry, your vote is illegal, which it was, <laughs> you know, because they were just going there just to try and make a point of like, hey man, let's just get some sympathy and push this through, even if we know that this is illegal. But by doing this with the police and social media being the way it is, where screw BBC and all these guys who wouldn't show you everything, where we saw the the graphic stuff on Twitter and Facebook, it just makes you guys look really bad. But you don't go to Barcelona and it's like same thing with Kaepernick. You can't separate sports and politics. You can't. Because politics is life. <laughs> you know, it's life. It's how people live. And those Barcelona players, they shouldn't have, have played. They shouldn't have, have played. By even playing behind closed doors, that, that doesn't mean anything. As in, if you didn't play and you were given a six-point deduction, you're given sanctions, fair enough. Because if the fans answered there, sorry, you cannot play behind closed, closed doors. And... You see, someone like PK, he gets it. That's why when PK came up, I was like, no, look, man, if my um, support for Catalonia is an issue for Spain and the FA, then take me out of the national team. Mm. So, um, but I think the thing is that it just makes Spain look really bad. As in, nobody can defend what those police guys did. Nobody. Literally. If, I mean, if you do, like, and it's even crazy because I mean, apparently Las Palmas were actually going to play with um, the Spanish flag on their jersey and saying, what the hell? And the reason for me why this is so particular to me is that it relates to like Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. it's like, as I how Nigeria were a, a, a colony of Britain and had to, and Nigeria said, no, we want our own independence. And I am just, personally, it just pisses me off how people have imperialist views and you, and you want to own people. If people say, no, wait, we want to break away, Sorry, they can break away. Because remember, like Madrid can't break away. Valencia can't break away because those are cities. But if there's a region that can be a country and they decide, wait a minute, we want to break away, you have to allow the, the, the people to choose their, their destiny. You can't possibly say, no, you must be on, on, under us. No, you, you can't do that. Somebody made a perfect point. Um, and it's even to do with the whole police thing. It's like, imagine... A wife wants to leave a guy. Look, I'm sorry, I've had enough of this thing. I want to leave. Then he basically beats her, beats her, smacks her, 
why would the woman now want to stay after you've pretty much beaten us? You know, you must stay. I'm going to beat you now. You must stay. So you say, wait a minute. <laughs> I've made a choice saying that. You know what? I'm tired of this relationship. I'm not, I'm not really happy. I want to leave. And you basically beat her and force her to empty and pretty much lock the, 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 the doors. You know, what they are. And that is pretty much what Spain are doing to Catalonia in light of the events that have happened. So these police guys have pretty much been dragging women on the streets, pushing guys away, smacking guys with batons. So you think the Catalonia would not be like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Let's just stay. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? So, but then it's, it goes, goes, it's the same thing with Britain, same thing with Spain, same thing with, with Portugal back in the day. Is this imperialist colonial view of where you just want to own people? You want to control people? It's your lust for power. Hmm. You know? No, that's, so, that's interesting. Um, you know what? I think you, you said they want to control people. And I remember writing about this subject a couple of years ago um, when the idea for um, the referendum first came. And I wrote about how if Catalan got independence, the Spanish FA were kind of using Barcelona as a bargaining chip, saying that if you guys vote for Catalan independence, no team in Catalonia is going to be able to play in La Liga. So, oh, yeah, so, yeah. so the French uh, president of Ligue 1 was like, well... Because they share a border, if you can't play in La Liga, you can come play in League. Oh, so I was like, what, what does this mean for Real Madrid? But in that, I remember writing that Barcelona is the sixth largest economic base in Europe, right? Mm. So you, you say it's about controlling people. At the end of the day, what imperialism and capitalism is really about, it's not about the people or colonialism, I should say. It's about money. And the reason oh, they yeah. don't and, and the, the reason they don't want Barcelona or I should say Barcelona, the reason they don't want Catalonia to leave is because of Barcelona, because of that metropolis, that hub, that money that flows in and out of Barcelona. It's a huge place. It's a big city. It's hosted Olympics. It's, you know, it's it's an important place in Europe and in, in Spain especially. Um, and if they leave, then Catalonia becomes a hub in and of itself. It becomes, and how, how would I put it? It becomes an appealing place to do business, especially because it, it would control the, its own laws, and it would have that that centerpiece, that that crown jewel, if you will, of Barcelona to attract people to come to Catalonia, and would be giving Catalonia money that would necessarily or would traditionally go to Spain in tax money, what have you. So very quick, quick point. Sorry, and that was one of the key issues that Catalonia want to break away because say that for the amounts of money they make from Spain, they don't receive the same in return, whereas other regions in Spain who don't give as much to the economy receive far more than Catalonia. Mm. I mean, it's it's all about economics and money, really. The the people are pawns. Football is a pawn, but it's all about money, really. And you know, I I was really, I don't I, I don't know if I could have written this. Excuse me, I don't know if I could have written that at the time because it's not really my place to to tell people what to do with their own country or their vote. But it, it was really, it pissed me off that that Spain would try to use football really as the, the political pawn. If you don't do this, then you won't get to play with Real Madrid, neither Espanol, neither any club in Catalonia. It was really, it was, it was, I was like, you guys should vote for independence. That's what I want to say. You guys should vote for independence just because of that. Like they're telling you what to do and they're using your football club as political capital in a way. And it's, again, it's why you say politics is life. Like you can't divorce sports from politics. Playing in an empty nope. stadium isn't. That's not about sports. It wasn't because you know 
uh, there was match fixing or something like that. That was strictly because of politics. Um, yeah. So the people are like, oh, you got to divorce it. No, they're inextricably linked. It's being used as a political pawn. That is, no, that is very low. <laughs> as in, and for me, if Spain are willing to say, you know what, we're going to banish Barcelona from um, La Liga, I would really hope that France say, you know what, you can come into Liga. Could you because imagine it, Barcelona PSG, Neymar Messi every year? Nah. That would be amazing. <laughs> so it's like, if La Liga, if you're going to lose Barcelona, you lose a lot of viewership. Okay, you have Real Madrid still, but now your league is pretty much a one-team league. Strictly a one-team league. That's exactly what I wrote in the piece, though, is that you you risk Spain becoming Germany or Italy, where it's Juventus, yeah. Bayern, we know who's going to win. What what makes La Liga special is Real Madrid versus Barcelona. You can argue Atletico Madrid would become better in some way, but you lose what makes that El Clasico is the most watched sporting event on a yearly basis. you lose that rivalry. However, if they like, could you imagine if they only met in like a Champions League semifinal or something? Yeah, wow. <laughs> that would be. Well, no, no, see, see, that's incredible. incredible. But I said, like, no, like, the El, the El Clasico is going to be messed. I mean, I don't know whether it's at the new Camp or at Bernabeu, but the next Clasico at the new Camp is going to be crazy. No, no, no. no. The, the one at the Bernabeu is going to be wild. Could you imagine the reception PK is going to get in that crowd? No, but both, because do you know, do you know how the Barcelona fans are going to... Bloody Trash, the yeah, 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 yeah. Because, look, that is the venue of where all the stuff went down was near the stadium. So, and Real Madrid are like the beacon of Spain. Mm. They, they are, they are the, the actual beacon of Spain. So I think, you know, it's going to be... No, no, look, uh, you know, I have so much respect. Their crest, their crest is a crown. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> which, which symbolize, they wear all white. I'm sure that's symbolic yeah. of the royal family and all that kind of stuff. So football is a political... It's, Spain, football is a big deal. You have to think, like... Like for, for the, the American football team or the U.S. men's national soccer team, isn't going to be used really as as politics or as some club. Like I can't even think of MLS teams. <laughs> Seattle Sounders—they're not going to be used as political pawns. What you're going to find is you're going to use NFL, you're going to use NBA teams in in Europe and Spain, especially. It's going to be all about football, and what happens in football has ramifications with what happens with people's lives. And a darker subtext. You know, there's this, there's this uh, running joke that um, Real Madrid don't sign black black players because Perez is racist. Who was the last black player they signed? Essien on loan when Mourinho was there? No. Adebayor. Adebayor. Mikelele. I mean, you can name their prominent black players on one hand, like Diara, Essien, Adebayor, Mikelele. Do we Marcelo. count Marcelo? Oh, yeah, no, no, Marcelo's black. He's black. He's okay. black. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, look, he's very you know, they, had, they had Rubinho at one time, didn't they? Um, yeah. I, but I then you then compare that to Barcelona, who, like, I mean, you know, they've, they've had blacks from back to, to front. No, but I think the whole thing, though, is that I just think that, like, my view, because I, I I always had a very dodgy view on Spain, because I always view that Spain, there's a lot of racism, and there's a lot, it's a huge racist issue in Spain from, you know, the monkey chants and everything. But I think seeing this, and especially the prime ministers, because the, the prime minister of Spain, he said that um, the police acted accordingly and that the, um, the, um, the actions were proportionate with what was happening and that no vote took place. 
But then they got in the results, even if there was only a 43% turnout because people were afraid of voting. Based on who voted, 90% voted for independence and independence referendum. It's You know what? It's It's very much like... Obviously, I had opinions before, right? But I wasn't steadfast in them. It was like, okay, I can see kind of both sides and all this kind of stuff. And it made me think when I saw the police of Martin Luther King's strategy in the South, where they were nonviolent in order to evoke emotion from the public, right? So Mm -hmm. his strategy was, if we aren't going to be violent, when people see the violence on TV, it will play to their shame or at least tug on their heartstrings in a way. Mm. And we will kind of gain a foothold in people's hearts because of the violence that's being done towards us. Spain would have, the the Spanish police would have, as as you said at the very beginning, they would have been better just letting them vote. A huge political screw up. Like it's a political by um, Spain. Yeah, yeah, they would have been better just letting them vote and then denouncing the vote afterwards, as you said. But but, but because they took armed police riot police and started beating citizens like, 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 to be honest man like in recent times it's one of the most shocking things that i've, I've seen in recent obviously you've seen christoph in the middle east in regions of africa and in regions of europe like back in the what's it called bosnia and so forth but recently in the past few years this is the most shocking thing i've seen riot police beating look they were they were old women old women were, were getting dragged like the video doesn't lie there is video footage of, you can say, okay, maybe okay, the blood was fake or the blood was thing, but you cannot lie when a right police are dragging an old woman on the floor. That's just, that, that's just objective, objectivity. That's just truth. Yeah, I mean, it just, it creates, as you said, it's just a political fuck because it, it creates sympathy for the Catalan movement. And, you know, and, and it's, almost, it's exactly like you said, it takes people in Catalonia, perhaps, who would have been on the fence, like, ah, oh, I don't really feel like we should go, there or this go. and that. And then, and, and, then, and then they beat your mom, they beat your dad, they beat your grandma. Like, yo, we need to leave. Like, it's going to create another groundswell, another movement towards independence. Do you know what, what this is? This shows how important economically Catalonia is to Spain. And I think Spain knows that Incredible. if they allow them to go, they are screwed economically. That's what, no, for me, that, that's why... Because do, do you know why he sent in those, those those police? He did not want even the possibility, even if they say it's illegal, just it's being put out there that the people have voted for a referendum would try to get the ball rolling. So he didn't even want them to even give them that opportunity mm. because they know that, man, if, this, if somehow, some way, they meander and maneuver away legally to actually um annexed from spain was screwed economically because these guys actually actually we need them in laws for our economy that's why because Spain don't know we need these guys and i think mm. as we don't know how important they are that's why they know that no man we are have we are very important hence why they know that we can easily thrive economically by ourselves and and also it's it's so, you, you you mentioned it in the beginning it's it's not like they're just some city this is a region with culture, with their own language, with their own flag. There's something that unites a people more than just being Spanish. Mm. And I feel like that's, you can't get rid of that. Um, yeah. it, it would be like if London tried to leave England or if Paris tried to leave France. Like the rest of the people would have an issue with that because you're taking a large economic base from the country. Because like, I was actually I was, I was, I was discussing with um, a colleague of mine a few days ago. Like in respect to England, Cornwall can annex themselves because Cornwall is seen as a region that you have have their own culture. 
So they can annex from the UK. London, Manchester, they, are, they can't because those are actual cities. Mm. So Catalonia and the Basque region as well, because I think the Basque region also wants to annex. So these are seen as regions. Like Madrid can't annex from Spain because they are a city. So if you're a city, you can't. But Catalonia, way back from the bloody 15th, 14th century, because I think apparently when Portugal separated from Spain, Catalonia could have done so as well, but they were pre pre prevented from doing so. So they could have actually annexed from Spain way back when Portugal did. Mm. I was thinking when I brought up London, it was because I, I know some people that say I'm not from UK. I'm, I'm not from Britain. I'm from London. They claim London oh, yeah. rather than claiming the country. London because... is like a different country. Like London exactly, is separate from exactly. London. Yeah. yeah, because London is its own thing rather than you, you, you leave London and then you find different points of view, et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah, we can transition into the end of this. Um, Heroes and Villains of the Week, Boris Mason, his villain of the week was Bartomeu um, for allowing Barcelona's game to be played. Um, I can agree with that. Can I just make the, can I just make the villain of the week the, the Spanish police? Oh, yeah. No, 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 look. <laughs> or, no, 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 actually the Spanish president, whatever his name is. Rajoy, Rajoy, Rajoy. That's my villain of the week. Maybe even... Oh, no, no, even, similar for me, no. My hero of the week is PK. If we're keeping it full, if we're gonna gonna keep it hundred percent football, villain of the week is PK. Villain has to be um. You mean hero? You mean hero? No, just just, just yeah, just right. Hero is PK. Villain is a mixture of Batamia and the players who decided to play. Mm. All right, so my hero of the week, I'm I'm gonna give it to Kevin De Bruyne. I think he was spectacular on the night coming to a stadium where uh, he probably would want to have played maybe four seasons ago now, five seasons ago. Yeah. Um, comes back and scores. My villain is going to be Conte. Um, <laughs> it has to be for, for not trusting Bashuai, um, for bringing on Willian, for not being quick enough in the change, for not making Guardiola have to think. You know, he, Conte, we've talked about this basically since his first game. He's just not quick in his substitution yeah. and, 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 and like, his willingness to. It's almost. That's a very Italian trait where you have, you're almost loyal to a fault. Yeah, it's like Jose would make the change quick. 100%. He'll if, make if, the, the change before he makes the change. If only to put pressure on the other manager to, okay, we need to change. We might need to adapt to what they're doing. Conte waited too long. He waited until after they scored the goal in order to bring on Pedro and Bashuai for Hazard. So we played into their hands. They played well, but we, we played into their hands and made them look even better than they were. So... Recommended reads. Carl has been dropping a lot of links in our WhatsApp group. Obviously, he, he can't be here. But um, if I could just scroll through and try to find some, our conversations are fairly long, guys. So, <laughs> we're talking about some stupid shit, you know. <laughs> group chats are good, man. Oh, no, no, no. no. I, I, do, I don't like group, group, group chats, man. Define group. Like how how many how many people make it a bad one? Yeah, like a minimum of like three or four, you know. Um. All right. So, Carl's first recommended read. Wow, I had it and then I lost it. So I have to scroll back to the top. It's from the Ringer, um, and it's about Premier League tactics. Basically, the 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 transition to three center backs, as seen by Guardiola and Antonio Conte. So we'll link that in the description. Um, his second one was from Rory Smith, 
um, on the New York Times about the firing of Carlo Ancelotti and how the transition from Anche- from Guardiola to Ancelotti was probably one of the defining reasons why Ancelotti's tenure didn't work. What else do we have? He, he There's two articles in The Guardian, one about Saul um, from Atletico Madrid who basically wanted his doctor to take out his kidney so he could play football. It's an interesting story. Yeah. And one about Ashley Cole, um, who's a forgotten man um, because he in the English media because he went to L.A., kind of escaping the press and the, and the hoopla of being Arsenal, Chelsea superstar. You go to L.A. and you kind of get to live a normal life, I would assume. Um, and lastly, it's an article about – or maybe, maybe Carl recommended this last week. It was an article about Davidson Sanchez about his journey from Colombia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. journey about Colombia to Ajax yeah, and now to Tottenham. So, yeah. So, you, did you read anything, or you, you said you wrote something? Maybe you can plug that. Um, not written anything lately, but I will. Um, I'm going to put in. You should definitely something. write something about Catalonia, man. You feel real passionate. So, and I. This is obviously. We could talk for thirty more minutes, so I don't want to bring anything up. But I'll I'll talk to you after we after we conclude. Uh, but yeah, you should write something about that. You feel like you have uh, a grasp on the subject. You mean, you mean the whole Catalonia thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel like feel like you have a grasp. I don't know on the for subject. sure. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will definitely delve delve deep deep, deep into that one because you know, look, um, it's, um... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. And I I don't know if this will make the possible. Are you going to bring up the UFF app? You want people to download that? Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for even reminding me. Basically, yeah, so yeah, um, put it in a video where this is basically the. Um, <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll basically discuss more about it like after we we've done it. Like very, very funny. Basically, it's um, an app where you can hopefully it'll be on the iOS and Android. But basically, what's happening is if you sign up, what I've been told is that on October 9th, you're given a beta version of the app where you can mm-hmm. trust the app and just see how it all works. So basically, what it is that it's like myself. Aston Fan TV, Football Banter Show, a Tottenham fan channel, um, a Manchester United fan channel, and we're just all coming together just to give you give you guys content from you know from your phone via an app. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, Have Hope is is collaborating with Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. We've had Anna from Spurs XY on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. So I've seen that she's going to be doing it. Have Hope collaborates with the Football Banter Show guys. So. It's an app. When it comes out, I'll download it. We can maybe review it. 100% Chelsea. Okay, dope. So have hope has things in the in the pipeline that, that are coming. So that's cool. Anything else we need to do? Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. To carry a gun in the in this test in time. Let's 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 not do that. Um. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah trust me. Is... Let's not. Let's not. Please. Let's not. <laughs> This this is the Talking Tactics podcast, um, episode sixty nine. Apparently, Carl in his schoolboy comedy is <laughs> was sad that you're gonna be here for episode sixty nine. But um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Daniel to look. Yeah, half hope is at half hope pots at half hope pots. <laughs> Carl is at anchorman six one six. So follow him there. Remember to like us. So follow us on Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave those iTunes reviews, and we'll read them if they're five stars. Got to be five stars. Oh, shout out, by the way, to the people who left those five-star reviews because we are now a five-star podcast on iTunes, at least in the U.S. store. So shout out to you guys for, for, for kind of giving us what, Thanks, we write, what we rightly deserve. 
as a five-star podcast. Remember to share it. If you know anybody who likes podcasts, likes football, might be interested in listening to some healthy football discussion, throw them on podcast, tell them about us. Uh, it would be much appreciated. So, yeah, Talking Texas podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Podcast Network.